0: G'day listeners and welcome back to another episode of the Keeper League podcast with the AFL Fantasy podcast It doesn't talk about the superstars, we only talk about the lesser knowns and the players that are going to bring value to your draft and Keeper League teams. My name's Hef and I'm joined by Case. how you going Case? Very well Hefie, yourself? Yeah, not too bad, uh, another bye week down, uh, no matches for us in our home league but that's okay. Love it. You'll be loving life because you hate playing fantasy and-,
1: <laughs> <laughs> and Dossie, how you going mate? Yeah, going alright mate. Um bit disappointed that I didn't check um, one of our leagues, and I was up against you this week, and I think I lost by 40, and I had Sam Doherty's 130 uh, in my emergencies, so yeah. not even not even the EON. So Well,
0: this has happened two weeks in a row, where last week I came yeah. up against Kays and I definitely did not remind Kays to set his team while I was playing him, yeah. and same thing to you. Now, is this a dog act? Should you be reminding your league mates to oh, no set your That's thing, my bad. That's yeah. just, no, nah, you know, no I way. No, I'd, I'd
1: do exactly the same to you, mate. So. Yeah, good, yeah, because it actually did happen.
0: <laughs> (laughs) so I was hoping there was a bit of a ruckus because I think (laughs) earlier in the year I played against Kay's and didn't set mine either but to be honest I don't even know if Kay's actually checked his he was probably just lucky enough to actually have uh I put mine on like this is the thing about buyers like so I'm all in to win our home leg. like that's what that's what I need to get the monkey from back whereas all these other ones it's just like they're cool and like I'll Kind of set my team like tonight, and then like maybe yeah. just look at it again on Friday. But I'm not going to be stressing over it for the whole weekend. The, the podcasters league is like it's good because it's like against some good players, but like we don't like, we don't know them. Like the group chat doesn't go off. Well, I don't know them as well. Sorry, we do know quite a few of them in there, but it's not like, you are know, not people we're talking to you every day and stuff mm. like that. It's like whereas the home league, like you're really talking shit about it all the time. Um, and Dossy,
1: I'm sure your league is probably the same as well. You like chat a fair bit about it. So you know who else I had on the Pine actually? Oh, we're going to talk about him later, but a GWS favourite of ours. <laughs> Okay, gonna be okay. interesting. So I missed out on a ton there as well. <laughs> oh well. So yeah, at least I'm uh, at least
0: I'm not uh, yeah the only one who wouldn't be uh, telling their opponent that they're not in the team. If you think it's a dog act though, tweet in. If you think you should be, you know, do the fair thing and tell your opponent to set the team, give them a the reminder. I don't know. Nah, um, no way. How do you guys feel <laughs> just about playing through the buy rounds in general? Should it be happening or shouldn't it be? What do you think? Uh, it just doesn't interest me. Like, yeah. Purely because, uh, you know, from a classic point of view, like people have this strategy for the whole year like you've got that you know I've got to bring in X amount of players and you you guys always talk not the whole know, year st- but maybe like but three nonstop, weeks yeah, before sure but non-stop yeah. you're talking about a buy strategy and what players to bring in from what team but when you're drafting when you're in a keeper league like you're not drafting you know yeah, this true. year to look at who might have the buy in you know yeah, yeah. the second week next year so it's like in a keeper league especially in you know, a single season there's an argument for it but I don't think keeper leagues that really adds anything because you might just get lucky that you have you know you're too, you know, it, you have, like, one really weak week week, yeah, yeah. where you know you're going to lose. Yeah. But then, like, you might have, like, a mediocre week and you've got the guy who's got every single player playing and, like, it, it's just not fair. Yeah, that happened, uh, this happened to me this week, actually. Like, I only had a possible of, like, 18 players to choose from mm. that's if they're all selected yeah. and I think but the thing is I think my opponent had more than me to choose from but they weren't selected so like mm. I actually ended up winning but like it was like 1200 to 1000 or something yeah. like that so yeah I don't know like, I don't know if ultimate Forty you can actually reduce the number of players on field in season or change like more positions to utilities or something that might be fun I, or, I, don't I think know. it matters
1: on, yeah I think it matters on league rules and like um, bench sizes slash like so if you can if you can just constantly use the waiver or like use your yeah. free agency picks and and quickly swap over and you've got all these list spots available so you can use that. I think it's a kind of a cool way to have some fun through the buyers because, I don't know, it might just mix up the ladder order a bit yeah. and stuff like that. So, I don't mind it. I if think you're ever,
0: if you're in a league with 40, like, you should really have enough. And like, there's only mm. 10 teams in the league, which is like mine. You should really have enough cover. But um, you I don't mind, that but in a league that I played, a league that we started this year, like, I reckon I had 16 players available from squads of 36. Yeah, Like, mm. I just had, all my guys had missed round well, you know, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, it depends on yeah. your way you look at it. Like, yeah. yeah, like you can get lucky in those weeks and kind of mm. ramp yourself up the um, order, but you could also, you know, be one of those players that has just an even spread over the buys, and you come against, you come up against someone in the first week has all their players playing, mm. someone in the second week, and it just works mm. out for them. Mm. So there's a lot of luck involved in it as well. But I don't know. I'm neither here nor there. Like, I'm playing two leagues that play through and one that doesn't. <clears> and either way, I'm happy. Like, it's fine. It's a, I think it's a nice way not to be totally engrossed in it for like three weeks. Yeah. yeah, you know, like where you can you can check, refresh, you know, refresh a bit, yeah, refresh a bit. yeah, get your tactics right. I'll switch swing a few trade to, offers. I'll switch full over to classic though in this period as well, so I don't really switch off at all. So doesn't really. Yeah, <laughs> I've just set my lineup for this week, so I'll trade. So Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, uh, yeah, we're we'll gonna the show in a second, but uh, we'll just uh, do a bit of a plug here. So Dossie. Um, I've noticed that you've been out in the town a bit lately, so you're probably the person to answer this question for me. Here we go. Because um, on Saturday night, um, you sent us a message in the group chat as a video of um, uh, Respighi, yep. the Lipinski, uh, Lipinski, Lipinski parody um, playing at a club somewhere. So I know you must have been out in the town on Saturday night. Plus a few Blue Lagoons that you posted on <laughs> Twitter, <laughs> did and have a couple of Blue Lagoons, and renaming your uh, Twitter handle to what Buzz. Dossier, because you're light years ahead of the competition. But anyway. <laughs> All right, well, I didn't check Twitter this week. So, Dossier obviously had a few beers and he was out in town the weekend. But I anyhow. haven't changed it back either. I'm you're at a club, right? So, describe how this situation would go, Dossier. So, you're out the town. Okay. You're absolutely cutting a rug on the D floor, like harder than K's mm. in the Lipinski video. That's That's impossible. That's impossible. you're okay. cutting that rug. Um, so, you're on the dance floor. You've got your hands in the air. Mm-hmm. You're waving them like you just don't care. Yep. Because that's how you dance. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> As you're doing that, your hands Where, are in the air. Your where's shirt, this going? Your <laughs> shirt rides up and it reveals your uh, Manscaped elastic waistband from your Manscaped boxer briefs Oh yeah, 2.0. All right, <laughs> An unsuspecting, male or female, whatever you're into, it's 2022, doesn't matter, looks over and sees that Manscaped waistband. What do you think goes through their mind when they see that?
1: I... I- that they are some amazing <laughs> bits of underwear is what I'd imagine. That, I'd you don't say. think
0: that like this guy is obviously groomed, like he uses oh, Manscaped. That's, that's, so, what, like, that's the other thing yeah, that I would have say, said, yeah. yes. And he's obviously using the um, the Manscaped uh, Boxer Briefs 2.0. So, he's obviously a very relaxed individual because he has no way to be, you know, stressed and uptight wearing no. those things, right?
1: Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, so there's
0: a few good indicators there. Um, yeah, there's, I was just thinking like, oh, and he's like- obviously very stylish. Looks good with his uh, with his pants off because he's wearing the uh, Manscaped uh, Boxer Briefs. And of that, that is exactly what they would have said.
1: Had <laughs> I picked. Up my promotional pair of <laughs> undies from the post office, yeah, which so I did. Yeah, this is
0: um, yeah, this is very, very important that you actually get yourself a pair because this could be happening next time you're out in the town. But nah, get your hands on a pair. That's of an
1: elaborate scenario there. Hef, you do yeah.
0: have the original version, the 1.0, though, don't you?
1: I do, and, and then
0: my favourite. pair Yeah, of they're underpants. absolutely the most comfortable pair of underwear. Like I'm not even exaggerating. Like and no. like my um my uh, one of my home leagues, not my other home league my, other league, my other league, my one with my footy mates um they give me shit about Manscaped all the time like saying I'm a sellout all that sort of stuff as well. just tell me I'm a sellout and even they like even once it's a couple of those guys have got a pair and even they say like yeah no, nah, I can't actually knock these they're, they're amazing so <laughs> yeah so it's actually quite good so it's a testament to the actual product itself so beautiful anyway help Santa Pair there's a range of sizes you go from small to 3XL so there's surely a pair for everyone out there um, yeah best jocks out there get on board anyways get around it into the round rewind All right, into the first game of the week. Port Adelaide versus Richmond. Now, get your jokes out now, boys. Hey, this is the shortest list of Port players you've ever seen before because there's only two there. No? Jesus. Okay, cool. Oh, this is more than two. No, there's there's three that I had one added late, but I'm not Four. Oh, there is two. Anyway. Oh, wow. Four <laughs> is pretty so sure. escalated quickly. <laughs> four is not, uh, well, there's really only three, but uh, four is not that bad. Um, anyways, let's talk about Richmond first. Jack Graham. So, 96 points. In the midfield a lot more this week. Um, 42% CBAs um, this week. So I think he yeah, had nine in total, that is. But, yeah, that was double his season average before this round. Had 10 tackles playing in that midfield as well. Um, he's probably doing enough to keep forward status um, up until this point. What are we thinking long-term? I think we, we come back to him every few weeks, but let's just check in. Kays, I know you're a Graham, you're a Graham fan. What's a, What are you thinking now? I just wish I could see a bit more. That's all it is. Um, I think, again, no Richmond player scored over 100. Yeah, again, and too. it seems to be a genuine theme. Most weeks, this is the issue, apart from probably Jaden Short. Um, no, he's the same now. So yeah, he's gone into the he's, midfield. He's still averaging 102, oh, which true, is nice. Oh, true, but yeah. Um, That's from his few first rounds of 140s. Nah, yeah. It's just the Jack Graham, no bloody preseason factor again, which kind of strikes because he's come into the season cold and finally worked his way into some form. What's he, He's actually gone right the last, what, 417, 77, 97, 96. I think he's actually finally settled in the middle. You know how like a couple of years ago, I was like, oh, he's got this- massive ceiling like he can go big he can tackle he can do that he can rack him up um but tog was a massive one and actual cbas because they stuck him out in the wing so much you know now that you said the cbas are going up and on the weekend he played what 80 percent uh tog and like even season wise that's sitting at 77 which is pretty high for jack graham so um yeah i reckon i reckon it's positive signs yeah i think so too like it's it's i think it's on the upward trajectory it's gonna be slow it's gonna be richmond-esque which mm-hmm. isn't gonna be massive but if you can hold that forward status um yeah mm-hmm. might be good for another season next year
1: does he your i'm in an over there yeah he just can't he just doesn't get uncontested touches like it's all in the coalface which he's is he's got to get those tackles to get a score even here he scores 96 where he has 17 tackles. touches yeah. and has to get those 10 tackles so
0: yeah that's true don't Get down on blokes like that, you know. Yeah. Guys Jack like Steele, yeah. Hugh Greenwood, Arlen <laughs> Kaisler. Yeah. Joel Trudgeon, the tackle machine. Yeah, okay. Yeah, we're well, we comparing him to trudge a Guy can't even get into <laughs> an AFL system. But anyway, uh, we'll move on. Judson Clark. Now, uh, kays you picked him up in Classic this week. Cause I'm 45 points at time and you're you gloating. You were going, yep, I gloat um, with most things yeah, in fantasy yeah. and then it just turns to shit. So, got yeah. to um, think yeah. more than one week ahead. But, no, uh, don't. I'm, turned- I'm in the moment. I wouldn't be gloating. Let play it my way. Turned into 64 points in the end. Um, two Five. goals. on that's yeah, fine. Two goals on debut. Um, yeah, started like that house on fire. You were flexing in the group chat, as we mentioned. Um, but yeah, only 19 points in the second half. Thing is, like, he played midfield as a junior and um, was in there in the VFL a bit prior to mm. this week, playing more as a small forward um, for Richmond. But yeah, I think long term stash like if you were thinking about him like we probably haven't seen enough to suggest he's going to be a fantasy scorer just yet will take a while if he ever becomes one but uh, yeah just in case you kind of we're watching him and you thought you know a rookie on debut let's dash him away it's a super long term thing I think for Judson Clark I'm not expecting anything big anytime soon
1: is that fair? Very, very low time on ground in this game as well and like I reckon I noticed and if you guys noticed this as well but I was gloating the other way and saying oh yes in the first quarter I was like ha I didn't get this guy what a trap and it was like halfway through the quarter he was on zero and I reckon he went like you know 20 something in the last half of that quarter he kept doing it in bunches like yeah, yeah. and players that can score in bunches are always very expensive exciting to me when you're thinking long term because if you can do that and pile them on like that quickly just thinking long term it's like yeah when you put it all together it's going to be special I think
0: uh, the draft profile thing I did at the start of the year his his numbers are actually pretty solid it was just kind of the team he was coming into in the role that was a bit like you're not going to get that you know scoring Mm -hmm. opportunity straight off the bat because no one does at Richmond or well no one does at Richmond but like realistically Richmond's window is still open so like the fact that they're going to play a smaller forward when they've got you know, a lot of other guys, but, you know, saying that like guys like arts and um, uh, what's his name? Like Castagna and that, like they've been in and out the side a bit this
1: year. So, mm. um, he might be worth Could looking at. Could he be the best Judd of all time? Hmm.
0: No, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> Ronnie made that sweet joke. Uh, if he's the son of Chris Judd, he must be pretty oh, good. Yeah. Terrible. <laughs> but nice. anyway, um, we'll move on to my 4 port players then. Uh, look, Riley Bonner we haven't 2G4P'd him again because he's just yo-yo's up and down but his second game back from his ankle injury and scored 85 points um, I think 85, 80 point games are going to be a regular thing from him coming pretty soon I think so yeah I reckon just not before long he'll be 2G4P so just want to monitor over the next uh, few rounds hopefully he can just not get injured and you know get that run of games that he needs of 80 plus scores to make it to that 2G4P threshold um, Todd Marshall talked about him on the waiver wire um, we just think he's worth owning as a streamer he's the only Port LA 4 that really Looks like he can put up a big score at the moment. Um, Kicked three goals and he's really capable of that kind of scoring regularly. Um, In seven out of his 12 games, he's kicked multiple goals, so two or more um, this year and has put up some huge scores as well when he's got on the back of some bags. So yeah, he can get you an 80 every now and then. One that you stream or have on your bench is like a loophole and he could come on and uh, yeah, score you a decent 80 every now and then. Now, The next one is Finlayson. Um, So Jeremy Finlayson, that is. Had 78 points, but he was the number one ruck. And I did have... I wrote my notes on Thursday, and I was thinking there's absolutely... No way, Port roll with this if Hayes is fit. Just because we smashed the hitouts didn't actually affect the clearances too much, but I just know long term when teams try to ruck with an undersized ruck or a makeshift ruck, long term over four weeks it doesn't end well in most cases. But uh, the port, uh, the comments from Port Adelaide, uh, the coaching staff, I think it was Brett Montgomery today, seemed they were pretty happy with it. They so, were very happy with it. Yeah, so it might uh, continue. It could just be funny buggers in the in the media as well. They might just completely change it up next week, which is what some clubs tend to do. They say one thing and do another. But um, yeah, we'll wait and see. But yeah, the thing is like Paul were absolutely smashed in the hit outs. Like I said, it didn't affect the clearances too much. But yeah, and, and you do get that. You, you do add on what he can Give around the ground, which is something Hayes couldn't actually do. And if that's an extra factor that Porter looking for, then that's fine. But, yeah, I think after, over time, you want to actually just get some hit outs to advantage, some first use of the footy as it well. It was pretty crazy because I'm an old man here. If I listen to the radio. So and, I do I um, Nathan Bassett, they were talking to him pre-game um, and Basically, he was just like, Yeah, Sam Hayes is not good enough. Yeah, it like, surprised me. It was, just, you know, not, not, he's like, Yeah, look, he's had his opportunity. Like, um, obviously, he wins his fair share of taps, but he doesn't do enough around the ground. Simple enough. Like, we're not playing him because he needs to lift in that area. And he's mm-hmm. not going to lift in that area in one game in the sandful." Yeah, although he did think. have a big game in the sandful on the weekend, didn't he? Still, but it wasn't anything, like, yeah. his numbers weren't ridiculously different to what it was previously. Like I think he only led two tackles and, yep. you know, and that kind of thing. So I'd, without
1: watching the game, you know, it's hard to say. And there was rumours about them dropping him the week before as well. It was like yeah. coming close to that. Yeah. Anyway. Well, apparently
0: so. they said he was sick the week before and that's why he was mm. close to being dropped. Well, I omitted. Mm. Yeah. But yeah. they he, they asked him, is he sick or is he being dropped? And they're like, no, he's definitely dropped. He has yeah. yeah. to work on a lot of things. So it's just like, I, you know, Finlayson, they might go again. And as you said, like maybe they just – Keep going on for the next couple of weeks until last. Yeah, it does last come back. to look at Brent maybe, or like mentioned. But I they did coming. also say that he's going to play this year, Bryn Teekle. Just maybe not this week, but he'll play this year. Does he tickle your fancy? Oh, God. <laughs> 77 points on the, on the no. weekend, three goals. Yeah, not he too may. bad. If yeah, you can play. Uh, bring him into your team if he does. I think I've used <laughs> that
1: on every. I've like already made this joke on the <laughs> podcast pod on Twitter, did. and now I've needed to round it out. You got to
0: steal that. Bring him into your team. That's that's <laughs> <Yeah>. great. Nah, because <laughs> nah, you didn't make it up. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, last, just kind of observation. So Travis Boat was averaging 125 over the first five rounds. He's only averaging 87 since, and hasn't scored 100 in his last four games. So just earlier in the season, we were saying sell higher on Boat because he is getting on a bit, and those those first few weeks weren't sustainable. I think you've missed your chance to sell high now. Like I still think he's a good own, good hold in a contending team. But if you're down the bottom of the ladder and you're expecting those kind of numbers to maintain for the season, uh, yeah, I think you've missed your chance to sell high on Boat because I just don't see him getting back up to like averaging 100, you know, as in averaging... Hundred from this point onwards, I just don't see it happening. That's all. I think he's more of a, a 90 he had ninety-six guy. though. I know, <laughs> he but didn't like score hundred, but yeah, I know that's what I mean. But I think he's more of like a not, in the nineties guy from right. like, from he's now on. Still, port's highest averaging player doesn't surprise me. But yeah. Anyway, next game, the the uh, the what do they call it? The birthday game, the uh, anniversary game for the for the bombers. Really started off great yeah. with the the pre-game stuff, and then it just got really shit quickly <laughs> when the football actually started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they should have uh, kept that pre-game going. They should have. It was great. Um, Really did enjoy that. That was really well done, I thought. But um, it's just nuts because, like, everyone was so amped. Dyson Hempel came in, did obviously look like a pretty inspirational kind of speech. And I was like, all right, we're going to get away. We're going to get the first goal. Got that first clearance. I was like, oh, look out. And then basically it was just like witches' hats all yeah. the way down the ground. And that was basically the... They set that's how set the scene for the game. It was pretty poor. Like, yes, we did hit back in that that first quarter, but after that it was just almost like Cutton were playing with their food. Um, <laughs> yeah, you love that term. <laughs> it's true. Like Kerno and just McKay doing what they want. They couldn't and, they know. couldn't defend them could they like at all? No. Nah. And that's just what happens. And they were just we lacked that defensive attitude, which is which is poor. Kind of pains me to say it, but uh, Dylan Shue, 123 points. It was probably uh, a good game to pull out his only ton of the year and probably his best game of the year. Um, 27 you, touches. You can acknowledge good games, Kaz. Even you if, can, you know, but, like, but like, yeah, and like, kudos to him. He was the only one that actually like, gave a shit out there, which is um, which is good. 10 tackles, and that's probably the intensity of that. A few of the other guys could, um, you know, learn a bit from. But I suppose if we. You know, you get that intent from Shul each week, it does kind of make up for his disposal efficiency, which is
1: poor I think it also, like, Parrish getting injured early had a huge impact on him getting the ball that much, though, as well. But Potentially. The tackles is great. The tackles science, is though, probably... Yeah.
0: The, the tackles are the telling thing that he yeah, was actually sure. keen to play yeah. for me. Um, I think it's like we have a few, you know, Friday night games coming up because if you look at Shul's scoring this year, it's been a bit yo-yo, like he's put up some 90s and stuff, but then he's had some 60s. So, you know, we see what happens with... Um, with Parrish and his injury. But yeah. uh, I think at the moment, just for safety reasons, he's probably just best looped Dylan Shield at this time. Uh, Dyson Helper 97. And there's been a lot said about him uh, over the weekend. And I'm definitely buying into it. I think, you know, his leadership probably can't be questioned. But, um, you know, he's just looked a bit off this pace this whole year. Um, yeah. And, you know, the Friday night lights kind of expose us and his disposal quality hasn't been great. You know, he doesn't have a contract for next year. Which is kind Who's of that? Heppel. Heppel. Wow! Surely that you, your captain's going to be signed up, but sure. But like, what, where does that kind of sit? And I yeah. don't know that all this kind of stuff plays out, and he's probably got you know two year, three year deal. I don't even know what kind of deal is sitting on the table. Maybe even one year, but you know, then we hear all this, you know, this hype about um, Massimo D'Ambrosio, Ambrosio. You know, oh, yeah. absolutely slang in the in the VFL with like thirty three touches off half back. You know. has been known as as an elite kicker. Maybe it's time that, you know, this week it's like, you know, come back in, you know, do your thing back there, Mass, and, and, you know, try and cement a spot because if you've got that foot skills, that's something we need. Heppel's kind of losing it there. Look, he's still averaging 91 in his last five games, Dyson Heppel. So I think if you're owning him, you're still fine because his numbers are there. They're not going to put him forward. They're not going to put him in the middle. He's going to have to play half back. So, you know, from that point of view, you probably still can get the score as an owner. But I think potentially with all the 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 media hype out there or the the pressure from the press that you know you're not going to get a good deal from him if you were looking to offload him yeah I, like like you said like fantasy wise he's going to be okay i think it's, it's gonna the, be okay. it's the real world football that's mm. the issue i think more so than anything but, but the, like you kind of go right so but the the question is like is are going to bottom out or going to finish shit this year right so when do you start you know it's kind of like all these other teams when do they yeah. start going all right either look, way your captain's safe in that that's so, true yeah that so, is true yeah. so i think this year but i think In terms of value, doesn't have too much. Uh, Ben Hobbs is probably the shining light of the night uh, on a woeful, woeful evening for the Bombers. 79 points from him, 17 touches, kicked a goal. He looked willing and ready at the level. Just looks smart and what I like, he looks fantasy relevant, gets to a lot of good spots and I do love to see this. 62% ownership, so still available in a few legs. He's got forward status now in ultimate footy, so definitely worth getting on board because I think he's going to be a key to our our success in the future uh jake stringer he had 20 points uh, and a little little word on the street is that essendon put in a call to australia post because they lost a package on friday <laughs> night um <laughs> thanks dossie <laughs> look but apart from maybe the first five minutes of the game i'm not sure um what Stringer actually did. I don't actually really see him touch the footer. He had nine touches at the end from 78% TOG. So, look, I know it's his first game back after a bit of a, a layoff, but if he's going to be that undercooked, why actually bother um, playing him? You know, his top score this year has been 65 points. Uh, you know, I think the the big fantasy relevant package is gone. Lost the package. <laughs> and
1: then, <laughs> Amazing. And, and then I think his biggest, his um, biggest influence that last year was when he was playing that same role as like your degoeys and yeah. the old school. But he Petraca was kicking before. goals yeah. too. Man. So he'd start in the midfield and, and run forward. And yeah, if he's not, he wasn't playing midfield from what I could see. No, he was up forward. Yeah, he yeah. would have just yeah.
0: Speaking of uh, packages, this is real off topic, but have you guys noticed how Express Post isn't Express Post anymore? You pay for Express Post and it rocks up still like seven days later. You'll find more about while I'm, while I'm hating on Australia Post later in the week, I think. There'll be a little something out. Okay. okay. Real cryptic <laughs> there. Real cryptic
1: there. But uh, I'll rant no about this. Idea what this means. <laughs> I'll rant
0: about this somewhere else. Okay. Continue on Twitter. On. Continue on. No, nah, you'll wait and see. Okay. You always don't know about it. I've okay. got no idea
1: what you're talking about. Wait yeah. and see. Absolutely no clue it'll, what is on it'll about. It'll make sense. Adam Saad for the Blues,
0: 93 points from him. He looked uh, pretty good and took great pride in just uh, sticking it up to the Dons. A lot of booze on the night, which is uh, obviously – don't love to see that all the time. But, look, good on him. He deserved a good game. 19 touches, plenty of good runoff halfback. Um, he's averaging just under 80 this year, which is pretty solid. But I think that's him, though. I don't think he's got that you know high – higher average in him he's only 27 i think looking back he seems like he's been around a lot longer than than that but um still got a few good years left in him and you know the doherty um newman sad back lines humming along pretty nicely so um i reckon he's just going to be one of those good you know d3 d recall
1: a few weeks ago certain man on this podcast said zach williams goes down time to pick up sad
0: there you go. I think our response was, he's fine. He's just not a high ceiling guy. He's a consistent guy. That was our response. And that's basically what's And what that's said. what's happened. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's got 80, 80, 90. He's been good. Anyway. Uh, Jack Silvani, lastly, 85 points from him. Uh, I wrote about him in one of those articles I've done over the last couple of weeks. Um, and the game he played on Friday night is the game that I think he can play week in, week out without doing you know too much crazy, which basically, he, you know, with – Kerno and Makaya both looking dangerous up forward, it basically allows Silvani to to go up a bit higher, play that hybrid kind of connector role, can you know go into the ruck at times. So on the weekend, kick the goal, sixteen touches, a couple of CBAs. Like he's only twenty four and he's averaging around that seventy five mark. Now, is he a keeper? Probably not. He's just under that that capacity. But what I like is he's kind of could be one of those guys that you just go back each year, pick up you know earlier in a draft because you know he's. Really, this year, he's been super consistent. That 75 average is is good. You know, if Colonel Mackay go down, he can play a bit deeper and he's proved that he can, you know, be quite a handful up forward there. So, I reckon he's actually turning into a bit of a, a genuine fantasy player. It'd be interesting to see the number of um, Carlton players that have kind of increased their scoring just due to their club just not being dog shit this year. I would say it's high. Yeah, I might just have a look into that. But um, Do yeah, you think
1: his relevance dies out, though, when... Because as much as I, lo- I love him as a player when he's around mm. the ball, but I feel like he does a lot of his damage, even though he's a good mark-up forward. Mm. He seems to be much more patchy when he's just playing pure forward as opposed to the role he's got now where because Pitnett's still out and they're running mm. with him as that secondary ruck and gets a fair bit of midfield usage like that. Do you think when, you know, they get Pittnet back or they play a couple of rucks that he's going to kind of lose a bit of relevance though? Uh, I
0: don't think so. Like he only had two hitouts, you know, on the weekend. Mm. And I know like he might have been – I don't know the CBA numbers, but – you know, like he's still that kind of connect that, that higher you know, he'll push back right into defence or get a few cheapies on the wing and then that will release, you know, Colonel and Mackay down forward. So yeah. I think that you know, like, And they, they like to use him and he kicks the ball well. He's a great mark. Yeah. So, I just think that w- he's just so utilitarian, I suppose, might so be the word. Kurnow
1: so, coming in has been the big help for him, do you think, getting him Definitely. sort of- a, Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's great.
0: And mark. we even saw him score well when Mackay was out and then he's come back and he's still scoring, you know, Love well it. enough. Yeah. Yeah. The thing long-term with Carl, and I think the ruck is an area they'll try to address at some stage- I think it's probably their weakest link as a club. Like it's their probably weakest part on the field. Their
1: actual Do they just need a couple more years from De Kooning, though? To maybe. It yeah. took Tim English what? Like yeah, five maybe. Years. Maybe yeah. and
0: hopefully that's the case. But it wouldn't surprise me if they bolster up in that area in the coming off season. That's all. Just thinking of that long term. There might be less ruck opportunity for him. Mm.
1: Going forward, have just got some inside word, but mm-hmm. so, you yeah, know, he's a couple of just a hunch. Sam Hayes had no <laughs> just a hunch. <laughs>
0: Anyways, so let's move on to Fremantle versus Hawthorn. Didn't see a second of this game because I was up the
1: river with no reception. So there Talks, you go, mate. Talk us through it. Yeah, it was a pretty good bloody game. Uh, hawthorne even though they had way less of the pill, managed to stay in this game. So Frio were kind of uh playing with their food a bit, case, uh, <laughs> but like they that. they got a bit too close to the. <laughs> Their uh, microwave. Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, but it was Nat Fife's return. So I know we he's uh, 2G for P traditionally, but I'll just quickly touch on him because I think his return kind of, you know, we were wondering how it would impact the midfield. Mm. And it's too early to tell because, you know, he's obviously rusty. He's just played his first game back from the waffle, come straight in. Um, he looked all right, just slightly off the pace to start with, but he scored 67 himself, had had a, enough of the pill. I think it was like 22 touches, a lot of handballs in there mm-hmm. and that midfield forward mix. So, he still had 14 CBAs. Do you guys reckon that's probably higher than what you thought just straight yeah, off the bat? I thought he'd be pure forward. Yeah. So, for me, I reckon that just signals to me that- I reckon as they go along, they'll probably just try and build that up more. Like getting 14 on your first game back, I think that's probably a sign that they're still going to want to play five a fair bit in the guts. Mm. And probably, I still think slight danger signs for some of those, um, you know, the peripheral kind of guys in there. Like, does I someone
0: mean- suffer more than others or does one take a hit or is it just everyone goes down? Yeah.
1: <sighs> I yeah, I still see Brayshaw carving. Obviously, dominated in this game. We probably expected that to happen as a Hawthorne and up on the wall, an absolute phenomenal game from from your man. Hey uh, man the post there, uh, he's a gun. But yeah, like I do still think I'm just like, does it? Brody had the most CBAs in this game, but his time on grounds way down still. And just as they raise up five, so I wonder, mm-hmm. Mundy still had 14. So it's probably a guy like Mundy that's really, really Yeah, so I think he was on the wing. His Brody's a just bit. been too good this year. So. Well,
0: the, the, the thing with, you know, with Will Brody, and you kind of go, oh, he might be the one who loses that time. But, mm-hmm. like, it's actually kind of cool that Justin Longmuir has just gone, well, Will Brody's probably our best, like, clearance player. So mm-hmm. just get him in the guts and, like, you know, while yeah. it's hot in there and then get him off for a rest. Like, yes, yep. the tog might be low but the relevance will be high because he's, you know, when he's on, he's playing midfield and that's all he's doing.
1: I I really think it's going to be game to game with them. So, we'll wait and see. It's going to take a little bit of time to figure out what the real- real roles are there but I think it's going to be game by game like if Fife's carving in the guts they'll probably just mix him in there leave him in there and if and if he's providing something forward they'll just do that so I think it is going to probably just weigh up but I don't think the two big dogs like your Brayshaw and your Sarong are going to get too much affected Brody's the one I'm just going to look at a little bit but led the CBA's in this so really good to see Akers got injured in this game late. Um, again, was carving, so we've mm. we've given him too good for the podcast, two G for P status already. He, he's been such a revelation this year. Unfortunately, goes down. Do we see anyone taking over that role? I've kind of flagged it could be the Darcy Tucker's time if if Akers is out for a little bit with that hamstring. They mm. said,
0: yeah, still TBC, but it's not as bad as for They said within a month, I think it was the latest that I said. Mm. So, won't be more than a month for Akers being out. So, yeah, Tucker in the short term, but it's not something I'm buying into for the long term.
1: Still pretty nice for a short-term hit. If, if someone like Akers, who was averaging 100 on that wing, if, uh, if Tucker does get the role, let's just see who's named on the wing this week because I'm interested to find out um it'll probably be monday well that's a good point yeah. yeah and that could raise the influence of all the guys that are too good for the podcast anyway yeah um defenders versus the hawks is sort of a clear thing in this game anyway so they're um four of the top six scorers for the dockers were defenders so might be one to look at streaming we've talked about a few others but um, medium defenders versus the hawks are sixth overall in that ranking and we saw guys like you know, it was just all the defenders carved up. And one of which, who's more of a taller player, but is kind of playing that intercept role, was Brennan Cox. 98 points. He's had two 90s, I think, in his last three games. And still not confident um, fielding him week to week. But just, just a flag. And also the, the fact, the score, and also the fact Chapman was out of this side. So, that's just something as well to, to monitor. But I think his relevance kind of rises without Chapman in the side as well. So... Yeah, tip of the cap for him. Um, Michael Walters, a bit of a Keeper League favourite, become back on the pod for the last couple of years, I would say. Uh, yeah, basically
0: not- since Case traded uh, McCluggish yeah, for him. <laughs> McCluggish. <Yeah>.
1: for him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, just the tip of the cap here, because he had 21 disposals, six marks, a couple of goals. I don't see him recapturing his uh, vintage Walters form uh, all the time, but what do you guys think? Any interest in, in the Walters?
0: None at all. I love watching him play. Mm. Um yeah and he is like a keep league favorite just he's given us some good laughs and some good mm. stories over the years but uh I
1: just yeah. want a quick quick touch on a player that that's way too G for the P but uh Hayden Young where do you guys rate him in your like I think we we had him 17th overall as a and consensus before this year as a keeper um redraft what do you where does he sit for you guys now cuz he's already averaging 87 yeah, as a you know third year player as a defender that's going to stay in defence for his career.
0: Yeah, uh, very high. That's that's the thing. Like, you see so many of these younger players, like, they'll they have to use him in the midfield at some stage. Like, you see someone like Nick Dacos is going to go in the midfield at some stage and it changes completely the way he plays. Young's not going to ever be that kind of player. He's just going to stay on the halfback fl- uh, flank and it's just going to be great for his fantasy scoring long term. So, I've got him higher. Just having a look here, I had him the highest at you 16th. Did, yeah. You had him we're a bit lower 25, yeah. 23 so yeah no I'm I'm high on him long term have been for a long time and mm. yeah I think he's gonna be a good fantasy score for a long time how high
1: like, I'm talking is this like oh,
0: I'd have to look at yeah, yeah I'd, I'd have to look at the, the age of the players above him but as, out of the young guys he's probably right up there like yeah. he's probably top out of the defenders, would he be top five?
1: That's what I was thinking. Yeah. I was like, has he moved in that high? Because he's only third year player, and Frio's especially at the moment. Their game plan is looking very good for defenders. Like, anyway, just a nice little thought. But are we sure I he's, he's going to play midfield? I think there he is. was a lot
0: of talk. Not in the there next five years,
1: though. There's someone like Daniel Rich Brody's was always Sorong like, this guy's going to be a midfielder. Sure.
0: This is yeah, going to yeah. be a midfielder, and he never was because he was just too effective. But oh, then you still got to have it reminds p- me of that. Yeah, maybe. But I think like, he's got a long time still. So. Is Fife and Mundy still going to be around? You know.
1: You know, right? You anyway. know what I mean. Though I think you've got like a solid five plus years of him playing back there. So just looking at it, like you'd probably
0: take short ahead of him. Would you take Sinclair ahead of him? Sinclair's going to lose his back status anyway, no. so it doesn't really matter. Hewitt's going to lose it. Tom Stewart's getting on. Jordan Dawson probably have on par slightly ahead. No, Dawson, long you time have ahead. Yeah, he's up there though. like If you look at it, and then you got Sicily Houston. Just question. I still, just wanted to know how high because yeah. it feels, feels like he's, fl- he's right still feel he's now. flying under the radar a like lot though. Um. Yeah. Probably just because he doesn't get the media attention being mm. Western Australian. But
1: yeah. Mm. And he's not quite. He's not quite like good enough for, to be in everyone's classic teams yet. But he's way too yeah. good for this podcast. Mm. So he's in that sort of in between at the moment. But yeah. yeah explode. A lot of time spent
0: year. talking about a two G four p Let's go on. I the won't the talk bite, about the any The bye week. Uh, and <laughs> taking all the fun out of football. Well, so we're gonna make it go like go as long as the uh, actual podcast.
1: Right, I'll go. All. I'll go quickly through this <laughs> yeah. next bit then. Daniel Howe, 78 points, uh, tip of the cap, thought he was a defender, so put him in there. He's only mid only, so he's playing that wing role, though, but probably not worthwhile. Connor Nash, even though he scored 69, he had his season high for centre-bounce attendances in this one and had nine clearances. So, in a game where the Hawks nearly snuck away with the cheeky dubs against a really good team of the comp, that's actually something to look at, you know. Wasn't a high disposal game, but nobody really like I said. The Dockers dominated possession. So in a game that's more um, friendly for disposals for the Hawks, I know. I think it was you or one of you guys were pretty keen on Connor Nash last year. Hef. I
0: was preseason. I was keen on. Yeah,
1: like I, I don't know if that's a probably a, a change role I saw on the on this game highest centrebets attendance for the for the um, year. He's been in and
0: out of the CBA attendance. I know it's probably the game high, but still only scored sixty nine points. So. I think they just
1: wanted that bigger body in amongst yeah. their this game. he's, so. he's
0: going to be like a tagger.
1: Yeah, I'm not. He's not. Yeah. A, he's not a free running. He's forward eligible. Know. I was just yeah. looking because he's still available in some leagues. So I'd be I'd be dabbling just in case that role sticks around after the <laughs> buy.
0: Lose that Ford <laughs> status next year. Regardless, yeah, so. we
1: mentioned Ned Reeves just quickly on the Wire pod as well. 62 points. You know, he's just building back fitness, but there's that ruck slot that's just completely open at the Hawks at the moment. Kays is shaking his
0: head. Yeah. We all know it's fucking Max Lynch season. No, it's not.
1: <laughs> Will Day stonks is the final topic. 35 points. Yeah, interesting. No CBAs playing back in defense. Couldn't touch the pill.
0: He didn't have CBAs last week and scored 80, though. Like, he just fluctuates. A bit at the moment.
1: You don't want 35 points though.
0: I oh, know. It's not great. But I'm just saying like I'm not writing this kid off. I'm, I've got him with a team. I'm not trading him out. Like I'm waiting to next year for a kid like
1: this. Mm. Like just
0: the interrupted seat preseason and that sort of stuff.
1: I'm not doubting I'm not yeah. doubting him necessarily. I'm just saying, you know. Like I said. I think we're all just so high on all these Hawks defenders. And it's like it's basically been yeah. Sicily and that's it. <laughs> like, Last
0: <laughs> week though, we were raving about Will Day. Like what changes in a yeah, week? Well, yeah. the bad thing is that Imhu went out, managed.
1: And you would have thought,
0: well- someone's gonna take those points I know Scrimshaw came in what did he score I oh. think he was okay I can't actually yeah, remember no, not Ed, but yeah that wasn't great was no, it was just know. a bad game for the Hawks yeah then if everyone's scoring bad there's something going on there I mm. know oh although see it. Sick Dog went well didn't he Scrimshaw had 60 alright it's Heff's turn Brisbane versus Saints hurry up Heff come on <laughs> get on mate okay. Who have got? I'll on. show you how to do it quickly alright here we go Kenean Uh 94 points so this is an interesting one because uh, we'll flag that Zorko um, got injured but also he was playing more in the midfield as well so there's a few bumps in this I reckon as a result of um, Zorko playing in the midfield because I think he only had 6% CBAs last week which was like 2 CBAs and then he had 7 I think it was up until the time he got injured so probably would have been up around 14 which was like the 3rd 4th highest so Kaden Coleman um, was on halfback just basically just ball kept falling his lap in the first half I think it was on 65 at half time um, had a heap of marks across halfback using it by Foot like he usually does as well. Um, he's averaging seventy-three, which is like a huge jump on last year's thirty-five average. The only issue I think now is just he's probably not consistent enough to kind of trust each week. But I think long-term, if they can get Zorko out of that defense, long-term, um, which I think he's not far away from you know being kind of past it anyway, Zorko. So yeah, I think and Coleman's probably one you can look at for the future. Speaking of like bumps as well in defense, um, Brandon Stasovic had eighty-five points, and again we talked about um, Zorko being out of the midfield, but. I think this is just like a, a good game for him because a tip of the cap type thing because he's just too much of a defensive type. He's only yeah. averaging 60 for the season. So I'm super hot on Kadeen Coleman yeah. long-term. Uh, Starcevic is a pure like Blake Hardwick lockdown small kind yeah, of defender. Exactly. He will, he will have a good game yeah. and he'll have a lot of mediocre games. Well, yeah, way too defensive. Yeah. yeah. Um, then the next guy I'm talking about is Cam Rayner so he had 81 points and I'm buying stocks now because he's still at 81 and had a big, pretty big decrease in centre bounce attendances uh, this week so playing still a lot of forward um, but what was happening is more say so pushing up to the contest type thing kind of, kind of coming in as that kind of um, fourth midfielder um, and yeah just pushing up the ground once the ball had been bounced so I'm not reading too much into centre bounce attendance too much but the good thing because he's starting forward so much um, he's going to keep forward status next year and then if he keeps that in a Fantasy way. I don't know. I just think with a year off, we could expect a lean year from him this year, and he's just starting to build. and We saw him have a quieter first, um, you know, quite a period before, but it was kind of noted that they were trying to play him forward more to cover for Joe Danahoe
1: Sounds like so. my uh, notes from last week, mate. Yeah, basically. So yeah. Exactly. Said yeah.
0: he scored better this week. That's all.
1: He did. Yeah. yeah. Dossie's just one step ahead. Buzz Dossier. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah. I'm so glad I missed all that crap <laughs>
0: um, with uh, with the Zane Zorko injury so he was obviously playing in the midfield a bit more this week so yeah we just might see Rayner up there a bit more because I think that was the kind of change so Rainer might see that bump this week but Dev Rob might actually hold on to his spot for a few more weeks as well which is kind of good to see um, yeah how he goes there because I'm a big fan of Dev Rob and I think he just needs the opportunity and he could be good um, moving on to St Kilda um, Tim Membry 79 points I still maintain he's one of the better fantasy forwards. He gets back. Sorry, better fantasy key forwards, that is. He gets back, drops into the hole, finds a space on the rebound, and uh, can still kick a couple of goals every now and then. But he had no goals in this game and puts up 79 points. So pretty impressive from the old member berries there. And... (laughs) Moving on to the last one. This is how quick I've got through this game, Dossie. Uh, Mitch Owens. So he had 11 points, um, concussed, so he, just before half time. But he wasn't fine in the footy anyway, so a lot of people were blaming the concussion for the 11. He still had a half a footy. I think it was a minus three at quarter time um only three cbas up until halftime as well when he got injured so i think he was used on the wing a bit more like it's hard to tell because winhanger and owens on that far wing when you can't see their number they look pretty much exactly the same so i wasn't sure who was who um but yeah no tackles this week as someone who'd kind of prided himself as like jack Steele 2.0 um was sent to a tagging role um the week before on Jai Simkin. um and in hindsight they were never going to send him to Neil, really, because that was just a, like a play. Like, send him to Simpkin because he's kind of not in the same level as Neil is. You send him to something like Neil, it just absolutely kills his confidence because Neil just would have crushed him. So, yeah, in hindsight, it's probably a bad, you know, thing writing off Neil, especially in Classic when people didn't want him um, uh, to put him as captain because I thought um, they thought Owens would actually go to him this week and try to, you know, play a hard tag like on him. Yeah. Um, it was probably never going to happen, and Neil got off leash as he usually does. So, Anyway, Mitch Owens um, will be out for a week. Still liking for the future, but, yeah, just talking through his game on the weekend as to why he didn't go so well. That's it. So many good players to come back into that Saints side this week. Billings, Clark. Uh, yeah, Hunter Clark, yeah. Your um, boy, Ryan Burns. <laughs> Jack Bytel <laughs> I don't think he played on the weekend, Is he still doing fitness uh, regime? Yeah. So? He's on the, um, still working off that Christmas pud Yeah, yeah. light and light and easy uh, pre Yeah, still Jesus. doing it Anyway, let's yep, get on with North
1: it North G-Dubs, uh, what a cracker um, North are uh, a basket case at the moment um, Unfortunately, sorry to all those North fans out there Question Yep. Did Jason Horn Francis belt that
0: guy so he didn't have to play football for the next two weeks? Josh Kelly. Yeah. <laughs> have a few weeks off. Yeah. Um, yeah,
1: he'll probably get. I don't he's know, got two. Get a, oh, he's got, has he? Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. It wasn't that bad, was it? Two weeks. I don't know. Oh, well. Um, yeah, probably. So <laughs> there's lots of. Obviously, the rumours are running rampant about that sort of crap. But yeah, it's just not looking good. And JWS cut him apart. And I mean, they literally were. I felt they were actually playing with their food way too much in this one because they were just look at the disposal disparity It was 130 more disposals that gws had the north and i don't think honestly they did that much with it compared to what they should have done like they should have smoked them and they just couldn't really move it forward which maybe that's slightly credit to the uh, north defensive shape but yeah it wasn't too pretty watching this game a couple of notes. Uh, Perryman was injured in this game. He's got broken ribs, so that's going to probably open up some time in the midfield until Taranto returns, unless he returns straight away next week. Time will tell. Um, but there was a few really relevant names that have come to life in the last few weeks for G-Dubs. The biggest one. Hit us with it. 161 from Harry Himmelberg. Oh. So, he had 37 touches and 16 marks from basically full back um, or at least playing just loose in defence deep. And just like I said, how they were just toying with him, it was just this constant chip mark in the defensive line and they were just, yeah, playing with it. So, uh, he also had six kick-ins. So, he actually still had the most kick-ins in the game with Whitfield back in the side. Whitfield was playing on a wing um, and Cumming got the five. So, Just over the last,
0: um, I think, three weeks it was, I did the kick-in stats just before we started the podcast, and he's the second most improved in the kick-ins, I think it was, in the last three weeks. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, he's just getting a truckload of that. Lock and load. He's probably going to be too good for the pod because 74, 101 and 161 in his three games um, coming in, playing in defence under the new coaching regime. So maybe give him one more week, but 160, we probably can just promote him straight away just about.
0: Oh, sorry. He is the most improved over the last few weeks. He's taken more kick-ins. I think Sam... Doherty is the next most improved over the last three weeks and then okay. Nick Blakey he's going
1: to get defensive status very soon and I mean if he can keep this going he might even be relevant for us long term
0: he just before the show we're kind of chatting off air I was asking you do you think they actually start to try to lock him down a bit more or what do you think
1: what, opposition clubs yeah yeah um Probably not. Like, he's a tall. They've got a lot of other weapons that you could could get off the leash that are probably going to be more damaging up the ground. He's more the guy that's kind of setting them up deep. And the only thing that's really damaging, like super damaging from him, would be if he gets those handballs off the back and boots a goal like he did in this game, like a Daniel Rich style. I'm not actually sure
0: how you do stop him, to be honest. Sorry? I'm not actually sure how you do stop him, to be Mm -hmm. honest. He's... T- too good. <laughs>
1: <laughs> nah. We'll see it's how it goes. Um, I'm keen to see. Yeah, you're, you're not wrong in that. They might just put a little bit more attention into him. but yeah, maybe not get the 160. Yeah, sevens, maybe not, not quite that yeah. much. But yeah, good, good signs. Tanner Brune,
0: 102 points. My boy.
1: And yeah, I was saying a heft in the um in the waiver show. It seemed to me that the coaches were like, okay, we're up against North. Let's give the kids a go in the midfield. Um, they dropped Josh Kelly down. Kelly got a hard tag in this game. Um, but they put him forward a bit more. They gave um, Tom Green back his centre bounces, who Tom Green had actually sacrificed a few in the in the previous couple of weeks when McVeigh had taken over, and they chucked Bruin in there for for a fair few as well. So, um, twenty four disposals, seven marks, two tackles, and a couple of goals. But I'm sticking steadfast with the breakout next year, I think. But we were talking, and we're you know with the Himmelberg, uh, sorry, with the Perryman injury. You know, he might be able to have a couple of weeks here or a few weeks where he might be able to pop some 80s in our forward line. So, he's definitely worth a pickup and a stash regardless. <clears throat> there's also
0: talk that there's a bit of a salary cap squeeze on it. GWS too. So, someone may have to depart in the off-season. There's always a salary cap squeeze at GWS. Well, when you've got that many good midfielders. Yeah, I'm not doubting it. I'm just so, saying um, it's like quite
1: possible. You think they'd sort that out at one stage? Unless they all take,
0: you know, <laughs> 200 grand pay cuts. I think it's always going to
1: happen. James Petling, another favourite of the podcast, 83 points, scored three goals for the third straight week after come after the coaching change as well. So, he's been very much enjoying the freedom up forward. Um, he's still only got defender status at the moment, so I'm expecting him to get forward very soon. 119, 89 and 83 in his last three as well since the change. It's going to be interesting when Taranto's back in that mix where he fits in because he's kind of playing that high half forward linking role and also just sneaking out the back for a couple of cheap ones so
0: because last year he played defense yeah
1: Mm. he's been a defender and Mm. yeah been racking up so he's always been a fantasy player in the in the vfl Mm. um so interesting to see where that goes but for the short term still a good pickup if he's available um this guy's generally been too good for the podcast but just interesting to say i think if you're a contender you can start looking at callan ward because He's going to get defensive status, I feel. Like, he got some CBAs in this once Perryman went down, but he's basically been playing defense.
0: Yeah, I saw that. Like, once Perryman did go down, he was like, but he was pretty big on the CBAs after that. Yeah, so, that's so
1: but I think that they're going to move him, like, I think they'll move someone else to come back in, like, Taranto straight back in or something like that. And I feel like they're wanting to shift Ward down back anyway. I'm just getting the feeling. Though, like, Hopper like eventually too? Like, I'm I feel like the they f- want to transition him into a defender.
0: I think you're right, but I think by the time they do it, he's just going to become irrelevant. Like mm. we need him to play back for the next this six week period or the three week period depending on the that, classic yeah. to get it and have it this year. I just fear next year he just kind of floats off. Yeah, I agree. Here, yeah, so.
1: so let's hope that if if we see an if you see an in this week and it's you know Toronto or something, I think you'd be pretty safe. And I just think it's a nice play because you're not going to have to pay up too much for Callum you? Eh? No, nah, not at all. Yeah, so yeah. I think it's a nice play for Canada. Jed Anderson um, do we two G him now. Is he two G already? Nah, cause he's too fluctuates too much, okay. and he only averaged seventy last year.
0: I know that was injury affected. Mm. Uh, missed a lot of the season.
1: Honestly, from but mine though, um, he was just one of the only North players that's looking Gave like trying hard mm. yeah Like I mean Simpkin obviously but he just
0: looks pissed off like he looks like I'm just going to tackle people and run hard at people because this is the only thing that's fun for me at the moment
1: yeah he just did with- a few high energy plays as well where it was like yeah. oh this guy cares a bit so um, Trish and Cherry for 82 points just good to see him getting back into it and I think he's going to be one of our better Ruckmans in the future Ruckmans so- Ruck men. Ruck people. Ruck men. Ruck, 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 ruck people. Ruck. ruck people. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's- I, I, do, I I've got, I've got, do- I've got a big cherry stocks. So I don't know about you guys, but like- Yeah, I, I th- do too. I think the fact that he He's had, a future. I think the fact that he had those couple of weeks off with injury- Yeah, you had Coleman come in and now, had a look at him. And now and Goldstein's yeah. playing a stack of ruck next to him. It's kind of lowered his- Oh, this guy, you know what he is? I yep. think his ceiling and stuff going forward, when he gets that prime ruck, is going to be pretty huge. I agree. Uh, Curtis Taylor was the last one, just the tip of the cap, 87 points. I see him- He's another guy that has a lot of effort. Uh, he does some nice things, doesn't I he? Like think you have his North, grabs and stuff. If North ever turn that corner, like if we get, you know, I don't know, coaching change or like something happens and they start actually getting the ball in their hands, I feel like Taylor's going to be a good scorer, but yeah. it's still a long way off. He showed
0: signs when he was the classic cheapy that year, like two years ago. He like mm. put up some half-reasonable scores and it looked like he was just building. Then I think he spent most of last year injured and then this year he's kind of doing it again in
1: spurts. Just like him. Yeah, like him going forward. Like if you've got captaincies. Kane Turner, I can't believe they did this. They ran a tag the whole game on Josh Kelly, start to finish, down ten goals, um, non-stop ragdoll and Kelly. Um, so if you've got a captain against North, if they decide to run that again, I can't believe they did it all game. It's like, what does that achieve? Honestly.
0: Yeah, it's an, it's annoying.
1: <laughs> like it's frustrating. So yeah, th- they haven't really done that much this year. So just watch out because if they decide to use Turner to start tagging people, like maybe they thought they were actually gotta, a chance of winning. But why uh, do it for the whole game? That, yeah, yeah. 50, and they asked about halftime. It's like oh, you know, me having Kelly captain in my classic. <laughs> they asked um, David Noble at halftime. Oh, you're going to keep going with this uh, with the Turner tag, um, or are you going to let that let that play loose? And he's like, No, yeah, we'll stick with it. Um, <laughs> and I was like, You best didn't. <laughs>
0: Anyways, let's move on to that's the it. final game of the round, the Queen's Birthday. Yeah, Collingwood uh, versus of Melbourne. Finals intensity today. It was not a. If Australia becomes game. a republic, republic game, do they do the Queen's Birthday game still? Um, sure. Yeah, it just becomes like the big freeze game. Oh, that's true. That's yeah. what it would be. Yeah. yeah. No one really yeah. salutes the Queen today, do they? No, not really. No, The football. They just have the Monday off to do it. That's all. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Maybe, um, maybe that'll be Republic Day. Republic Day. Who knows? But um, yes. Um. So, Dossie, did you know that uh, North beat um, the Eagles? The Eagles beat Collingwood and Collingwood beat Melbourne. So, who knows? My God. (laughs) (laughs) I thought halfway through the second quarter that Melbourne was going to flex and run away with it. But, um, yeah, Collingwood uh, showed some amazing grit and determination and just – Brought them down to the level. It was a few big injuries throughout the game and uh, some heavy knocks. Obviously, Max Gorn got a bit of a knock. A few guys got knocked out
1: for Melbourne. So You know that what the start kind of reminded me of as well in this game? Mm. Um, trying to bring this up for Pies fans that are up and about, but the 2018 Grand Final. Um where, like, the Pies in, in the first quarter, West Coast scoring shots were there, but just hadn't put it on the board. Mm. Pies were one goal five, I think, in the first quarter. Mm. So, it was kind of clear that they were doing the right things. They mm. just hadn't put it on the scoreboard. And yeah. honestly, if you look back, they were, they were the better team, like, all day, pretty much. Mm.
0: But, yeah. I don't know if it's worrying signs for Melbourne just yet. I think I it in is. Three in a row. With all the rumours that are floating around as well. Like, have you heard a few of those? No. Okay, maybe I won't bring him up on the podcast. But uh, <laughs> there's a lot of off-field stuff going on. Like, st- apparently, Stephen May and um, the Jake Melcham thing was just like the start of it. There's a lot of fighting, infighting with the players and coaches and stuff like that. So Interesting. Yeah. Mm. That's rumours on none of it. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. yeah. just screenshotted WhatsApps, you know. No, what's funny is I got sent a group chat and it actually started with... The, it was like a, it was like a screenshot of like a text message and it actually oh, started there's so with, many of them. Actually started shit. with me mates. Oh, you know how me dad's on the <laughs> Melbourne board? Like, yeah. I just yeah. at that. like this is obviously fake, but
1: like people sent it around a group chat. It's like, yeah, I saw that one.
0: Like as if you, if have dad's on the board, as if they're like going around the <laughs> kitchen table, it was like, Oh, you know what's going on? At the clubs? Yeah. And, like, you know, he's fighting today. Anyway, I thought that's hilarious. Go on. Uh, but anyway, the only really, you know, there's a lot of, uh, too good for pub players in this game, but, uh, just need to talk about my boy, our boy. We all love James Jordan. G-Bone. He is just uh, on an upwards trajectory. 124 points from him, 29 touches and a goal, uh, playing on the wing. And I'm convinced he's going to be a star. And what I love about him is um, he's not just one of those front-running women who kind of just want to get the cheap goals. He is always back deep in defence and really helping out in the last lane, last line. Um, what I've kind of you know liked is you know it's his fourth year on the list this year. So in his second year that he's actually been playing. So like he you know, because you know, yeah, Melbourne are gone, okay, he didn't play in his first two years of his contract. Are we looking at a delayed onset of third year breakout? <laughs> well, we only know that it couldn't be possible for a player to break out in the fourth year, so perhaps that <laughs> is the reason. Yeah. I think next year. Next year is the delayed onset third year breakout. Okay. <laughs> yeah. His fifth year. Yeah. But no, I'm just loving what I see. He just seem he just just racks him up with ease. And yeah. um, I know we've talked about it a bit recently, but you know, if I he's starting to put this, well, yeah. if he's starting to put this kind of score together on, on wing, which is sometimes quite a hard place at school, I'm I'm just all in. I'm chips in. Uh this week I actually received a trade request. You know last week how I said I wish I'd Put an offer in for him earlier Because I've just been liking him For a few weeks now mm. Now he's putting up two good scores So I think the Coaching question He owns him Heard that mm. And sent through a trade offer Cam Rainer For James Jordan And this is uh, it, was, it was during the week And I was like I'll just wait and see how Rainer goes On the weekend And then uh, I'll think about it And then Rainer scored an 80 And so I was like Nah I'll keep Rainer Forward status Means more to me Than an outside player Now James Jordan Puts James Jordan puts up a 124 Did I make the right call You made the wrong Rainer call Rainer or Jordan <laughs> you Made the wrong call I'm still not seeing The Cam Rainer thing it's just a forward, stat. like the forward thing gets me. Like if he can have a breakout year next year as a forward, it might be just handy for my campaign. Mm. That's all. No, I'd be Team Jordan.
1: Yeah, I'd be, Jordan. Te- I'd be Team Jordan. But you should have, asked, should
0: have asked, asked the brains trust.
1: You know, you had to butt up. Ra- that brains, has Ra- got that um, superstar kind of potential in that his impact's going to be yeah. so good. But yeah. Do, yeah, I mean, it's just it's just a matter of whether whether he can be that uncontested because that's. Petrarca built that uncontested part of his game so much mm. to get to where he could you start You heard it dominating.
0: here first is going to be the next Petrarca. Thanks Dossie. Thanks for telling me that I made the right choice. Good. Okay. <laughs> um, and, <laughs> you both wrong. I hope you're right. <laughs> Mason Cox 101 points. Um I'm just trying to think yeah, back like, Apart from that Was it the final Where he kicked a few goals Yeah you the know, prelim The then. Richmond prelim yeah, This is yeah, like like probably
1: nuts. The best game Football <laughs> he's ever played um, it was unreal Quite like, early all, the, all my group chats Were going <laughs> off With like Cox goat
0: <laughs> quite early, but his um, third quarter was enormous. Uh, what do you have? 69 points in the second half alone. There was one of the, the times where he just picked the ball up off the ground. One hand. I was like, is this Luke Jackson or like Mason Cox? Like it was nuts about how, how he was just on fire. Um, yeah. What do you end up? 21 such as one goal and nine hit outs. And I think he's actually worth, you know, thinking about while Grundy's out. He's only 11% owned. I forgot to send that through for the waiver wire podcast, but you know, like if you need a forward and you know, um, you know, Dicey Cameron's obviously at the moment number one ruck, but you know, Mason Cox is going okay. Um, Collingwood are going okay. Um, you know, and they're starting to look for him if if he's on. Obviously, this game is not going to happen each week. He's streamable slash loop yeah, at the moment. Correct.
1: Yep. Yeah. 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 But Eleven percent owned, Like, pick yeah. him up. Like, don't mind it. What do you got yeah. to lose? I think. I mean, they've got the buy this week, but yeah, yeah. like. It looked like a- I think we mentioned it a few weeks ago. Before he injured his finger, he was basically looking at being the number one ruck and, and sort of rotating them 50-50 with Cameron against Sean Darcy a few weeks ago. Mm. Then he got injured. And then the, I don't think they ran that sort of style this week. But then coming up against Gorn and Jackson, they obviously were like, okay, we need that big body. And he was, like you said, it was like the the second coming of the Cox breakout. Yeah. It was a girthy performance from Cox. Yeah. <laughs>
0: We're on fire tonight. I'm not, you guys are, but nice work. (laughs) Uh, Braden Maynard had 96. Um, Looks like he's starting to get back to a bit of fantasy relevance. 25 touches of halfback. He's only averaging 64 this season, which is quite shocking, but 74 in his last five, so... You know, looking back through some of his scores, he's very role-dependent, you know, whether he's playing the lockdown or whether he can get off the leash a bit. Braden Maynard has a tendency for big second halves of the year if you go back and have a look as well. Defenders against uh, Melbourne boys. Maybe that's the key as well, yeah. And lastly, Brody Majcek, 94 points from him. Down on form this season from a fantasy point of view because at times he's kind of been like a, you know, an F5 option because he never really puts in too many bad games but uh, he's had a bit of a lean twenty twenty two. anyway he kicked 4 snags 10 marks and 16 touches today so have a look at him if you're short but um, I think he still needs a few more games to kind of get my confidence so if it was between the two I reckon i would be going towards Mason Cox over uh, Brody Mychek. Mm. All right, that's the round rewind for a, another week. Uh, if you appreciate the work that we put in each week and want to support the podcast, uh, please sign up as a member. Essentially, we can't keep doing this every week if we don't have members. So, um, if you do choose to sign up though and support the podcast, we will reward you with a few bonus stats and things that we use to pick our fantasy teams. So, uh, yeah, that includes weekly CBAs, kick-ins, scores for and against, projections, the breakout tracker and much, much more. Yeah including the pod pod everyone's favorite so uh yeah links in description below to join up and yeah please consider joining up and supporting the podcast each week we read out 10 gold members and i think we actually have to get a move on for gold members because i don't think we're going to get through all of them this year if we uh, keep re- only reading our 10 so we might have to bump it up to 15 soon. Mm, but no. anyway I think I worked out the numbers and we will just we need to do a few extra in a few weeks all That's right. all. but anyway uh, gold members include thank you to these people uh, Lee Whiting Todd Coleman Sam Arnott uh, Michael McKenna Pete Brown Matt Risley uh, Graham Marlowe Scott Berry Kevin Monaghan and Liam Webb so thank you to all of those legends for supporting the podcast All right, on to the listener questions. First one comes from Kang Daddy. Good evening, Stallions. Kang Daddy always calls us Stallions. I love this guy. Um, What's the deepest league you're in? Uh, Your gold members have a famous, the Keeper League, Dynasty League, which has 18 teams, uh, lists of 36. I'm actually aware of this. Our gold members group started a Keeper League that's absolutely nuts. But um, with the depth of the league affect um, how hard you go, all in for a championship, as it will take longer to rebuild. What do you think? Well, what's the deepest league you're in, Kays? Our league, 32, with 16 keepers plus the rookies. Yeah, yeah, I get you. So what's that? Uh, similar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Dusty, what's your deepest league? There's pro keeper league, probably. Yeah, That'd the one, be 40. that's 40, massive. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mine's um 30, yeah, 36. Actually, no, probably ours because when you factor in the rookies, yeah, mm. I've got. But the thing is that in, in that one we keep when we make three list changes, and ours we have only keep 16. I think it depends, like how many you keep in that as well. Like if you're only making a few list changes, it's actually hard to go all in because like not a lot of people want to give up their young guns for like the common strategy is you give up your young guns for old players if you're having a tilt, but not many people want to give up their younger players type mm. thing. Cause mm. you want to stash them for the future because you can in those dynasty leagues. Um, I, I, in my dynasty league, I went in all in last year. I changed, I traded James Jordan for Patrick Dangerfield last year. Um, and I think I, added one more I did one more kind of trade that was pretty similar won me the flag like I'm not complaining about it like I'm struggling this year I think I'm mid table actually no I think I'm up to third now but I'm not going to win the flag um, so it depends if you actually want to build a dynasty or not I think um, I just want to get the monkey off the back in year two on that league it's that's hard what. it's hard to win flags sometimes so yeah. you know if you haven't won it, one do it if you haven't if you've won one don't do it I'd say just yeah a Good call. yeah alright uh, move on at Adza 08 Elf uh, talk about Tanner Bruin being one of your boys and getting his bus ticket punched and how good is he going to be we've kind of talked about it already but Kay surely he's on your bus or if he's on anyone's bus he's going to be yours yeah well because I spooked him in the preseason and got laughed at on this pod pod thing that <laughs> well, DOS hosts well, well to be fair it took like 13 <laughs> rounds before he did do anything but he's better than, <laughs> than some other crap people uh, talking about in that podcast Can me a break uh, anyway next one um, at Russ 2468 Kay I'm going to throw this to you mm-hmm. when do you expect Brett Turner to be up and running. Um, I'm assuming that Adelaide drafted in mid-season. Then his injury can't be that bad. You're the you're the state league do You know much about him. Um, obviously a good scorer. He didn't obviously Caruso had the so he didn't play the other week and Crows had the buy this week. So I'd be interested to see what happens this week. Do you have an injury or something? He had an injury, so yeah. um, hasn't played for a while. And obviously, if he was right, we don't know because the. Crows had a buy. Maybe so, they were holding him off so he didn't get injured. So track. there's a few, there's a few th- interesting things about the Brett Turner selection. He is one of the only people who selected to have a six month contract, whereas a lot of people uh, go for that eighteen month deal. So which one is kind of interesting? Uh, Maybe that's the reason why he was picked. Like he might not have been picked if he didn't do that. The mm-hmm. other thing is that um, a lot of talk has been around that he's not actually going to play this year unless someone like a um, Crouch led. Keys goes down And they need a proper He's like Man body in there He matches like the Dime a dozen mm. midfielders They've got doesn't he So it's basically A breaking case Of emergency player Just to kind of keep Some kind of level of Maturity in that midfield right, So, so I don't I wouldn't get too excited um, Until we really see something All right cool good call because i had no idea about any of that case so thank you um at willie 1998 um how do we oh, what do we see himmelberg averaging in his new role i feel it could be 90 to 95 i do think it's going to drop down to that 90 to 95 range but i think that's quite accurate from here on do you reckon
1: i mean that's a bloody good average so I'll take that it'd be nice yeah. i wouldn't even i don't even know if i'd say that much cause i've had three really nice matchups in the last few that's, yeah fair point so yeah but i mean i'd take a 90 i'd be up 85 to yeah, 90 yeah. would be like pretty ambitious, still.
0: Yeah, I think I think you can go an 80.
1: Yeah, and I, I'd say like an 80 plus is possible. I don't know yeah. how much above that. I need to see him against some tougher oppa. I think it's going to
0: be hard to drop that average now from what he's scored already, but I know, fair, fair. yeah, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> um, uh At Van uh, Major Van Bam With Zorka Who gets the extra Halfback flag points We kind of already saw On the weekend I think Because he moved into The midfield a lot more And I think we're pretty keen On Kadeen Coleman In that spot So hopefully he Don't write off Noah Answorth Oh, yeah. He actually, I saw – yeah, I watched. The, well, obviously watched that game. He, was, he looks all right. He looks like he fits in that side these days. So, mm. yeah, he's uh, one I'm expecting big things from in the next few years. I'll write him off. <laughs> Thanks, dos. Mm. Uh, at C, Oaken497, um, Lukosius, how do you guys value him and what do you think his role moving forward is? Uh, long term half back flank wing role when King gets back next year question mark
1: does he you love Lacoste so do you Case. I love my Lacoste and I think it's probably the same answer I usually give in that they just put him well yeah by low but they they put him where the ball is going to be most in his hands so I think they tried something this year and it just wasn't working playing forward um, they're just like okay it we'll is obviously him, the King being out, wing.
0: like we'll try him as a key forward
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Well, no, I think they wanted to play King and Lakosha's forward because they just get so many inside 50s. That was their plan. It's just a boot inside 50 all the time. But then Chol and- um casbolt well, actually being okay they've been like well let's switch this up but, but how do you
0: see that long term like casbolt's not gonna be around for a long time i think Chol can be quite serviceable look i while. think
1: ideally they want they do want lakotius to play forward but i just think it's more of that like in the Kerno type role where he's still fantasy relevant and he still gets up the ground and gets lots of the pill and delivers it inside 50 as well as kick goals
0: he's just such a good player that he's just a great hole filler Like and that's my kind of concern. Like you can play this guy anywhere, which most of them are fantasy mm. friendly. It's the key forward role that you worry about. But they pretty much
1: got rid of that role this year because they're like, look, he's not getting the ball enough. We want him hit the hand, the ball in his hands as much as possible. So wherever that is, whether that's like a Lockie Whitfield wing role, halfback, like I think he will just rotate a fair bit just based on where he's going to get the pill.
0: Yeah, I like deep down, I think he's going to be good. It's just I'm a little bit concerned that if he plays a key forward, he's not going to be as good as he potentially could be. If he was like continuing that like half back kind of role that he had last year, which mm. I just don't see that happening again, that's all. Um at Richard Eliadis, um, Himmelberg hold for relevance or trade high. What do you boys reckon? Trade high? Would... If you're not gonna win this year, I'd trade high. I'd trade high too. Because if, like, if I had him on my team right now, I'd get rid of him. There's Who, no like, there's no there's no um, guarantee that he's gonna play this role after this week or you know, worst case next year, like is McVeigh gonna coach GWS? Probably not. You know like what's and either that or he becomes like the next Sicily, and we're just giving sure away. <laughs> like, but if, you play, if, I you're, just, if you're if you if you're like if you take you know weighing up the pros and cons, you've probably got to go. Is this just like a big fucking ex- massive explosion for a short period of time? I'm just trying I mean, to think of like that like, because like Whitfield came back in, was on the wing. You've got coming back there, who's like the the kind of one of the bigger main distributors. Who else is like back there these days? for? I'm just trying to think. Callum Ward. Yeah, like, there's not <laughs> a lot of big names out there. Like, he could be okay. Like Perryman he's
1: got a, when he moves back, maybe. He uses
0: the ball well enough that they like, they trust him with the kick-ins and stuff like that as well. So, it's like, he could be Connor okay. Connor, yeah, yeah, there's not a lot, Ash, lot of big scorers back there.
1: Know. Yeah, sure. So, Himmelberg could be... No, the thing I say with this question, though, is like, okay, what's a trade hire mean?
0: Well, so, like, you get someone in, you get like a... For me,
1: For me, like, the only thing you'd probably... It's oh, hard to say. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah, yeah. like, I don't think for me. I, I reckon there's just that stigma when you've picked someone off the wire. Who the hell is going to want to pay you overs for something that you've just picked off the scrap heap?
0: Well, say if someone's in, like, say if like a, a defender goes down for someone who's in contention for a flag, and they've got you know like a young jet on the bench like Cam Rayner. <laughs> nah, be, better than that. Like, let's just say. Well, would you take? Would you take Would you trade, would you trade him for Cam yes, Rayner? I probably would. What? I reckon. If I was contending for a flag, not now. I'm not my team now because
1: like my team's not contending at the moment. But depends how high you're on Rayner. Okay, yeah. so what? That's what the bar you're setting is a Cam Rayner for this. now, nah, no thanks. Yeah, no. You wouldn't. You wouldn't trade him for Cam Rayner. Not. He just dropped a 160. Has Cam Rayner dropped a? No, I think we've got hundred. I think, I don't think, think Cam has ever dropped a <laughs> 60. We're <hanging laughs> for the same no, sorry, I'm saying. I'm saying. I'm saying I would trade him
0: for Cam Rayner. Like would, I'd do the trade. I'd get rid of Cam Rayner. Yeah, oh, Cam you're, Ra- you're yeah, opposite. Yeah,
1: no, yeah, I'm talking about
0: because he's hold Himmelberg you'll trade Himmelberg no no sorry no sorry I've, 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 wait, the way you phrased it no no sorry this, this I'm with you, saying, we're, on you hold trade? we're on the same team here we're on the same team yeah. here sorry the way you phrased what it at me about? when you said would you trade Cam Rainer move on what yeah. are you on about I, no because <laughs> I have Cam Rainer that's what confused me so I would get rid of Cam Rainer for yeah. Himmelberg yes yeah. is what I'm saying right
1: but he's, <laughs> yes. the, he's the owner This guy. we were like, talking
0: like about how I owned Rainer that's all move on uh, how many blue lagoons you have tonight yeah. <laughs> yeah. how's that my fault like we
1: I literally said before I have
0: Rainer and then you're like would you trade Rainer the question like, was yes. Himmelberg
1: do you hold <laughs> or do not, you trade
0: that's not part of the question that you asked me there's nothing about Rainer for Himmelberg there I thought you were coming back to the point that I had Rainer anyway like sorry but there's nothing about Rainer in Richard Elliott's question there um, you brought him up no you said would you oh, trade wait. Rainer <laughs> I did not I brought him up I uh, no, it as a real-life example of what Trey yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, So, K's, you were, Yeah, I was Oh, oh yeah. God, Dottie. You've lost it, mate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, DJ 4 Brooks. Uh, should I be offloading Stevenson? Yes, he sucks now. You reckon, Dottie? You brought him into your classic team earlier this I'm year. I'm buying all North Melbourne
1: players <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> really? Well, yeah, they can't get worse. They've got to be fieldable, like, though. I think cheap, it's gonna, there's going to be wholesale changes, and all of a sudden, all these guys- like. If you're, if you're, you're yeah, if you're rebuilding, um, if you're trying to rebuild your side, just go out and buy all these guys that, like Taron Thomas, he's playing VFL. Jaden Stevenson averaged eighty twice in his career already, and he's only twenty-three. Like these guys, I'm buying. Do you know what Taron Thomas scored in the VFL? I know he had twenty-one touches, sixty-four points. Yeah, but they're also what bottom of the ladder in the VFL. Like, Uh, surely. Hold. I just that don't know what Stevenson role
0: is going forward. Like, I just can't pinpoint one and I don't think it's in the midfield and that's the only place. They he spoke about miserable. it at
1: halftime of the game because he had one touch to halftime. They're like, mm-hmm. oh, we better move him onto a wing and get him involved. That's what he said. Yeah, so.
0: I don't even think it's in the midfield though. Like, I just, I don't think that's where his future lies and I just don't know where it does lie. So I'm I'm worried for him. Um, last question of the night. Nathan Ayres, um Schoenberg still a stash or leave him in a pool? Okay, with Rosemont <laughs> to you. Depends how. Actually, let's, um, let's get an unbiased thought. Dossie. What's this? Schoenberg. stash
1: or leave him in a pool? Ah, uh, depends on how many list spots you've got. No, I still like him, like as a player, but yeah, I'll probably be at the moment. I'd be leaving him pool in my leagues because they're a bit too shallow.
0: Yeah, I'd I'd be pulling him. He's not getting a game. Kays would. It's coming. Kays would probably marry him. Depends on like the list
1: changes in the off season, honestly, for what like where he sits. I think.
0: All right. Let's. Oh, my brain's frazzled now let's wrap this up let's wrap this up Facebook Instagram Twitter YouTube and TikTok most importantly TikTok it's where our biggest following is growing there uh, at Keeper League Pod on all of those platforms uh, make sure you use Keeper20 at manscaped.com to get yourself 20% off and free shipping worldwide and uh, we didn't actually mention that at the start so that's bad for us but anyway mm. um, sign up as a member as well uh, and make sure you support the podcast alright I've checked out for the night
1: see you and later you're too busy with your 8 paragraphs intro that you forgot the promo code
0: <laughs> <laughs> I definitely did I deleted it off the show doc actually anyway uh, catch you later bye see ya